0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Real Talk podcast. We hope that these discussions will inform and inspire you to engage in your own Real Talk. Today's episode is brought to you by our official sponsor, TriVan. Builders of custom trucks, trailers, and enclosure buildings tailored to your needs. Be sure to check them out at www.trivan.com. A big thanks to them for making these conversations possible. Now, on to the episode. everybody. Welcome to uh, Real Talk Podcast. I believe by the time this comes out, this will be episode 50. So that's pretty cool. Nice little cool. milestone there. Over yeah. the hill. Over the hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we make it to 100. Yeah, <laughs> we will for sure. But uh, today we are honored to be joined by a couple special guests. Jake Falk. They're always special guests. I mean, they <laughs> are. But today Everybody's is extra special. Extra special. to <laughs> be the 50, number 50. Number 50. Exactly. Let's go. You don't get that every day. That's it. So uh, we got Jake Falk here and uh, John Michael Bout. And they are two documentary filmmakers. Very professional. And uh, so I'll throw it over to you guys. And you can explain who you are, what your background is, and then what this new uh, documentary you guys are working on. So maybe go ahead, Jake, if you want. Cool.
1: Yeah, so I grew up around here. I was a member of... Uh, Vineland Free Reformed Church for like 17, 18 years, something like that. And yeah, um, I got went to school, at uh, Mohawk College for advertising, worked in the advertising industry for a bit. And then it I just realized well, working in advertising is just a really soulless place. There's very little purpose. And so a bunch of different steps kind of left that and but some of the skills I picked up in advertising was doing film stuff. I've kind of put into some situations and some other jobs um, where I just got to do some film work, which I really, really loved. So that just kind of became a bit of a regular thing. Yeah. That kind of There's really no way to explain it. Sometimes you just kind of look back and go, all right, I've been doing this for a while, I guess. Interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I've had some really cool opportunities to, to work in film. And yeah, and so Jermichael and I filmed another documentary a couple years ago, three years ago now. Yep that was really fun and we just kind of developed a love for the the craft of putting together like a story in film and really thinking through how, how are you going to carry people through a journey point a to point b yeah and then but i i decided i wanted to to go to seminary so i uh ended up at southern baptist theological seminary in louisville kentucky and i've been there for a year and uh i get to spend my summers back here in canada which is awesome so nice. that's where i'm at right now
2: Cool, wonderful And yeah, for myself, also grew up in the area of Beamsville. Um, Good Christian family home. I went to Emanuel for over a decade. I don't remember how long. Now I go to uh, Living Hope OPC, also in Beamsville. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got my undergrad in Classics, and I'm going to same seminary, Southern Seminary. Wonderful. So yeah, yeah pretty nice. pumped.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. You just bought a cool. house down there. You were saying yeah, just got a oh, house
2: cool. there. Super exciting. Hopefully, all the paperwork goes through. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. They ask for every document of your life. I would believe that yeah. <laughs> and more. <That's> tricky. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Cool. cool. and You're an outsider, so
2: I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's actually part of it. Being a uh, being a Canadian citizen going into a different country. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. cool.
3: Mm. So, yeah. So what's this? Uh, what the film that you're working on?
2: Mm. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to tell
1: your story? Kind of your personal story yeah. with it, and then I'll I'll pick up, and then we can sure. talk about Tim Chali's and
2: how that all connects. Yeah, yeah. the The lead up is what kind of uh, builds for this. Um. So, yeah, I just did like kind of the the Cole's notes positive version of my uh, of my life, and uh, yeah, just to share my story. We this film that we're doing it's on pornography, uh, which the title will be showing already. But yep. uh, I was caught in pornography for nearly a decade um, and that even growing up in a really great Christian home where, uh, both my parents were very intentional in having conversations with, uh, me and, uh, the rest of my siblings, uh, which is actually really rare. Um, mm-hmm. so told me what pornography was at an early age. Uh, yeah. Said like, we're open to having conversations about this. And I think did a really great job even still with that. Um, when I first got a phone, uh, yeah, it was just through stumbled across it the first time, uh, and came across some references in a book. I was curious. Um, and for myself, it started off, uh, at a very young age, just soft core pornography. And that immediately got paired with masturbation for me as well. So just kind of like as soon as puberty hit, that was for me when it started to get connected and those two things very much fused together. Mm-hmm. So as I grew up, that pattern of secrecy, knowing in like, just with intuition that it was wrong and obviously people talking about it and yet enjoying it and being a little bit afraid of, of what bringing that, you know, to other people would look like. And I don't even remember having a, uh, a clear like, oh, I'm going to hide this from my parents. And like, mm. I know this is wrong, but I'm going to still do this. my mm. It was not intentional in that kind of way. And yet the addiction just kept growing and growing uh, to the point where, uh, yeah, every single day uh, with masturbation, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, and all of this for me fed, um, you know, frustration with family, uh, fighting with parents and siblings, all being uh, coming from a place of me feeling guilty and being angry at the people around me because I felt like of the condemnation of people there, which is literally just my own guilty conscience. Mm. Um, and kind of rewinding again, all of this at the same time, growing up in a really you know good Christian family, uh, where, you know, siblings and cousins were the ones leading youth groups, uh, being the people who are intentional with their Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a huge blessing to be in a family like that and still is. Um, but for me, I started to get really good at living the good front and another life on the other side. So hmm. juggling two identities that I guess merging together made an for an angry person. at yeah. Once. Um, And yeah, so I got, I got really good at living that double lifestyle all the way till, yeah, for nearly a decade until I was uh, 16 or 17. Um, yeah, I think I was 17. Anyways, just a lot of <clears throat> stuff going on in my life at that point. Um, kind of just cycling down, moving slowly away from Christianity. Um, not in, in any obvious way, but just kind of struggling with my faith. Um, and for me, it was when I came into contact with some Christian dudes, young Christian guys that imaged what it was like to be quote unquote, cool and a, a passionate Christian, someone who truly loved the Lord at the same time. And uh, I just distinctly remember sitting down with uh, my cousin and he had just come back from uh, a men's conference. Um, i trying to remember the name of it. Anyways, he came back from a conference and was just kind of sharing how God was working in his life. And it was a purity conference. And I distinctly remember the Holy Spirit convicting me and the thought going in my head, if you don't open up about this now, you never will. And you're going to remain a hypocrite like this for the rest of your life. It was like a very distinct memory for me. And yeah, by God's grace, I opened up in the attic of my parents' garage with uh, two friends. And for the first time, properly voluntarily shared and confessed my sin of uh, watching pornography and uh, masturbation and that addiction and that was i guess the point that i could truly start saying i think i love the lord um so for me i was i saved before yeah i think i was but where my walk with the lord began the upward trajectory was when i began to kill, hate, and bring mm. into the light my addiction to pornography and uh, masturbation. So yeah, for, for me, just kind of fast forwarding the the healing process for myself, yeah. um, walking alongside, being walked alongside with these other guys, that was amazing. We eventually joined an accountability group in Burlington. Uh, that split off into Niagara, um, and then that eventually motivated me, pushed me to Take life renewal, nice. um, yeah, and life renewal was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. God just gave me a lot of healing through that, and it's a it's a lengthy program, but I really, really recommend everybody to go take that if you have the time and if you can, even if you don't have some quote unquote big uh, addiction or sin or something that you have to deal with. Yeah, um, so through that God gave me a ton of healing, and but I want to be clear, not perfect healing either. Um, but anyways, out of that, I continued in this accountability group and just being walked alongside by other people doing that for other guys. And yeah, God has given me freedom from pornography now, which is amazing. And that's, I guess for me, why I'm, what has motivated and led, uh, me and Jake to want to create a resource on this. Um, and kind of specifically pulling back books were helpful for me, like very helpful, uh, we brought some here finally free by Heath Lambert in particular was really good. Um, but kind of teeing up for you, Jake, not everybody's a reader. In mm-hmm. fact, mm-hmm. most, <laughs> most people, people I not, I know yeah. are not readers. Hence, hence the podcast. Yeah. Hence <laughs> yeah. podcasts, right? Right? hence videos. Um, yeah. maybe take it away. Yeah. So,
1: you know, my story is, is really similar in a lot of ways, uh, distinct in, in one particular way. Also, my parents talked to me a lot about pornography, my mom, especially from really, really young, talked to me a lot about it. And I, I credit her, like, and thank God, with just talking about it so early that I never watched hardcore pornography or pornography proper, if you will. And I'm very grateful for that. So I was one of the incredibly few people that I know who didn't spend time watching pornography. But I was completely addicted to masturbation for, years and years and years and years of, of being a teenager. And so for me, I didn't quite need the images on the screen, but still, you know, Jesus is really clear about it. Lust is in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so I could act out fantasies in my mind that were completely contrary to what, you know, God calls us to, but I did that while holding the Pharisee card of being like, yeah, but I don't watch pornography. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I could lead that, that really fair cycle double life of having the moral high ground and yet still just walking in absolute sin. And so through a series of, of yeah, good friends, uh, another different conference that, you know, uh, called out sin really hard. Yes. Yeah, so I became completely convicted that this is, this is just wrong. I can't do this. And so, yeah, God freed me of that, of that sin, of that addiction as well, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but yeah, kind of same thing. So many great books were massive, like finally free again, in particular, probably talk about that book a lot That like. Reading that book was so pivotal, just walking through the fundamentals of like gospel change. It was incredible. Um, really, really powerful for us when we when we first read it. We actually read it together um in our old van that we we were living, we were filming a little other documentary. We were living in a 77 Dodge Tradesman van. And so we were we're bucketing it from Texas to Florida. And I I texted my mom and I said, Hey, you know, what's the best book on pornography you've 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 ever read? And she's like, You should read Finally Free or listen to Finally Free. So we put it on on this, in our old clackety radio. So, and yeah. <laughs> and we're just driving. And constantly, one of us would reach over, pause it and go, whoa, yeah, because like this and just kind of build off of what, what Heath was writing in that book. So it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, God has been really, really good to me. I kind of become convicted that I I want to move into ministry, go to Southern. And I got a chance to get coffee with Tim Challies, which was really, really fun. I was super excited for that. And so, you know, Tim's really, really cool. Sat down with him, had this, you know, just conversation. I asked him about his book, Sexual Detox. Um, and Tim's, Tim's really funny. He's kind of like, yeah, the book's fine. He's, he's very, <laughs> he's very low key. <laughs> right. So he's like, yeah, there are better books out there at this point, which I, again, I thought was hilarious. Um, but he kind of had this idea and we, we talked about it. And he said, you know, his insight was, it's really interesting that we tackle a video problem books. And there might be a space for a gospel centered teaching resource that tackles the problem of pornography. And it does so in a video form. Hmm. And he had no idea that we, that I actually work in film that I've worked in the documentaries (laughs) and other jobs I've had. He had no clue, which is really providential. And I kind of left that meeting going, huh? So I called you, Michael. And I said, I think I actually said, I might have a new project for us. (laughs) And So we just spent the next month maybe calling probably every other day, just talking about like, what would it look like? Is it possible? I don't know. Let's let's think about this. Are we the right people to put, to to kind of see if we can collect other people, other biblical counselors who like are absolute rock stars together into like a teaching resource that walks through the process of change from bondage to sexual Mm -hmm. sin, to freedom in Christ. And God has been, mind-blowingly cool in like having some people really great authors biblical counselors agree to be part of this documentary and Mm -hmm. so we've basically spent the last month filming and it's it's really cool I'm, i'm very grateful
2: that that's actually a good point to emphasize that's what motivates kind of the what makes this unique and motivated this just starting it is what does real change look like i guess that was a big question that I've had posed to me many times and just experienced with talking to other guys um, is yeah. Okay. As a Christian, I know this is wrong, but what does it mean to change? Like I hear talks all the time. Here's the stats. Here's uh, the problem, mm-hmm. the morality of why it's wrong, mm-hmm. the damage, but then not that much on offering the hope, which is like, I guess I'm just so excited to be involved in that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the best part. Like, like, mm-hmm you have to talk about the stats and you have to talk about why it's wrong, but I think that's got to be the backdrop Mm. to the hope and to the, the the real change, especially because that's where like Jesus becomes glorious and big rather than this, which actually can weirdly glorify and make pornography big rather than Mm. like showing the transforming power of grace, Mm. which we're hoping that's, undergirding coming through yeah. and the tone and everything with this film
1: and and ultimately you know maybe we're maybe we're so incredible and we just get thousands of people free from pornography great but if they're not coming to know and love jesus there's no point right yeah. and if if like christ isn't at the foundation because there are other methods to get free from pornography that don't involve god there's secular programs and stuff like that but if you know if you're if you get free of porny and you know if you save your soul if you gain the world sorry if you gain the world but lose your soul what's the point right yep, yep. So, I, really I, yeah so i'm really excited
3: yes yeah it's interesting You're like i mean thanks for sharing your story first of all and yours mm. as well like it's yeah. uh, i mean obviously that took like not just here but like just in general that's like mm. that's a big thing like we've actually had the du- executive directors they called yeah. um of um life renewal of life renewal awesome. we we're just talking about uh, <laughs> yeah so and they're and they're great and like um yeah a big part of it is like being able to tell your story and, yeah like, i mean that's yeah. obviously like everyone that we have on that has done that is like you share your like it's such an impact that you know everyone can just yeah you know oh. see their the roadmap that you had and then like you know gives them the the push to you know follow yeah the same path so
2: Totally. And there's something to like, like you're saying with sharing stories that are powerful um, and just like learning how to tell your story. That's something again, I love about life for Noah' the 12th step is just giving back. And one of the ways they mm-hmm. encourage people to give back is by telling your story, learn how to uh, do that in a way that yeah, lifts up uh, Christ and makes him glorious in, mm-hmm. uh, in how he's changed you um, just so that you don't keep your change just to yourself. And and things like that. So that's actually like one of the pleasures of having a difficult story. Like I sometimes say I can almost thank God now that I struggled with pornography for so long, which sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But God's been able to use pornography in my life to create some of the deepest relationships that I have. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah, my closest friendships were forged in the grounds of fighting pornography. Or even just like that honesty of being like, I'm going to open up to you about maybe the hardest thing in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, And And through that, just getting better at vocalizing your own story. Yeah. And and once you like, we've talked a bit about this too, right? The foundation
1: for a really good friendship. It's like when I sit across from Jamichael and go like, I know the worst part about you and you know the worst part about me. And we both know that we're loved and accepted by Jesus. So like that just takes so much of the, the the arrogance and pride and hubris and competition out of a friendship that maybe even subtle ways when I both know I'm a sinner saved by grace. So are you. And then as a Christian community, I know that you're both sinners saved by grace Mm -hmm. and it's like, there's just that connection that Christians can have. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. And, um, slight tangent. I think one of, one of the things that, is super cool. Like, you guys bring us on, but also just in communities is you have that opportunity to tell your story, right? Mm -hmm. And say, you know, we've both had struggles with sexual sin in the past. One of the the interesting things that this project has done for me is I actually get a lot of, a lot might be an exaggeration, a few girls message me and tell me Mm. their story. Really? And it's really fascinating. The reason why I think they message me is that for a lot of girls struggling with pornography, they don't feel like they have a safe place to tell their story or to tell like their addiction to pornography. Mm. Cause I think sending it to a guy that you don't know very well is not probably the ideal thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So I'm not putting myself in any ways some like the best person to share this stuff with. But they know, at least because, you know, Jim Michael and I never shut up about this topic. Yeah. They know that yeah. I'm at least a safe place to shoot a message to and say, hey, I just wanted to tell you I've struggled with this and here's kind of a bit of my story. Yeah. All that to say, it, it's sad, actually, that that something that this that we're really passionate about with this documentary is we want to speak to women who struggle with pornography just as much as men. Mm. And one of the speakers that we have in this film is is uh, Ellen Dykast. She's a woman, so she's tackling that head on. Okay. And we've made it very clear that this film is for men and women who struggle with porn. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a, be- a a better job in our circles with guys about talking about this more getting it out there. Yeah, But we owe it to our sisters in Christ to mm-hmm. step up and say, hey, a lot of you girls struggle with pornography too. And it's really scary and really shameful to talk about it. And it shouldn't be that way. Not to lessen how bad sin is, but you, we should have... No, places totally for people to, to talk, talk 100 percent. i guess okay. that's
3: where like things like life renewal come in mm-hmm. uh, actually segues quite well to what something i wanted to ask so like how do you view this documentary like i guess it's hard to say like there's kind of like a a road map or like something um, but how do you view it um or what kind of this is the structure of it so that it fits into say someone's story like from the point where they're not at all going to talk about it and hiding it from everybody um to the point where they're free like you guys Like how do how do you view this documentary? Is it is it like kind of the the beginning thing? Like watch this Mm. and then like you know, here are some steps and then go to life renewal, or is it like
2: Mm. that's a good question. It's like the whole gambit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um the phrase we've been using is like let's begin the conversation. And part of that is we we want to introduce the topic and also do more than that, walk the I guess, some of the fundamentals of change um, from bondage to sin to freedom in Christ. Mm. Um, but the film does start with the basic premise that you're a Christian and that you know pornography is wrong. Um, but then basically picks up there. It picks up in the place where you're still caught in your sin. You're still, but, and you don't know what to do. That's start, where it picks starting up. Starting on the mm-hmm. change aspect. Yeah, exactly. It's starting with the assumption that pornography is wrong. Yeah, yeah, Um, But that's one thing we hope to do too is by talking about this making that obvious but you're
0: also like to jake's point you're also raising awareness about the issue exactly from the female side of things which certainly is not something that's as much talked about as the man
1: yeah for sure Side of things yeah and there's also like the way we have the documentary right it's structured in six chapters walking through that process there's something really um hopeful about seeing the whole story so when you kind of go okay you know i might be somewhere in chapter two right now or like you know It's not quite that linear, but you you might be somewhere here in the journey, but okay. Okay. I can see what would it, what it would be like to be here. And I can see what it would be like to be there. And then Garrett Kell, uh, he ends chapter six, really talking about the church, about building a community that like walks along strugglers, like walks with strugglers, like building that, that, that body of Christ and ultimately a body that looks forward to its, to its like final hope in the new kingdom. And so. It's super pastoral. It's like it's a really great. Mm. He he absolutely knocked it out of the park, and so I think there's something that you might be really far back, but if you can see where you could be as a Christian, mm-hmm. that's really hopeful. Totally. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so an yeah. yeah, and then hopefully people go and read the books because the books are like the, some of the ones we have. They're way yeah. more comprehensive than the documentary could be, right? Yeah, because it's mm. comparatively pretty short. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. So do you yeah. think uh, this would be a resource obviously for people struggling with it directly, mm-hmm. but also if you know someone who is struggling, if you're a parent or friend also beneficial to, to watch this. Oh yeah.
2: yeah it's, it's oriented everything. Like even just the way they're talking, it's like you as the struggler. So mm-hmm. it's, it's directed to the struggler. Um, but I think like for helpers to people walking alongside or people who may end up walking alongside someone else, mm-hmm. um, it's important to understand and both like, to empathize, to understand what's it like to, to struggle with this, uh, but also to know what the fundamentals of change look like. Um, and that's one of the aspects, I guess, a side uh, to the primary thing of helping the struggler is to also help the one walking alongside and to give them a resource um, if they don't feel, you know, able to, to meet with someone and know what to cover with them as they mm-hmm. walk through an addiction to use this video resource as a way to initiate conversations and to be hitting key mm. things with the person.
1: So like a good example of that is we have Deepak Raju. He wrote the book. Do we have it there? Rescue Plan and Rescue yeah. Skills. So he and Jonathan Holmes wrote a pair of books that are really, really good. So one of the things he talks about in the chapters is kind of like the philosophy of locking down a phone. So like how to cut off all access. And so he kind of walks, walks you through that process. And so from if you're struggling you would know, like, this is this is really helpful for you. But if you're helping someone who's struggling, you're kind of equipped with like, okay, hold up. You can see how someone who is struggling would want to get out of the full lockdown of a phone. And so you can be really like kind of extra alert to make sure that you really are shutting down a device for all it's worth, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you can kind of take every single thing that's talked about in the film
2: from two different angles, the right. struggler yeah. and the, the helper, if you will.
3: Yeah, right, okay. that makes sense, yeah.
2: I think we should probably, like, because we've been talking about the, the outline and the structure of this, but, like, yeah. just give people uh, an actual breakdown of yeah, yeah. how yeah, is this, put it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 so Don't give the whole thing away, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hit him with the highlights, yeah. you know, to be yeah. revealed,
1: yeah, yeah. you know, uh, so basically it's gonna, it's gonna start, it's a documentary, right, so it's a, it's a story, so it's gonna start with some sort of montage, kind of really establishing the problem of pornography, hmm. that still needs to be done, it's, again, like, kind of we were talking about before. We don't want to dwell there. Pornography is bad. Hot take, right? <laughs> so Christians generally <laughs> accept that. And so you want to move on to let's let's actually deal with the problem properly and then work towards hope. So then chapter one um, was just done by uh, Jeremy Pierre. He's a, counsel, a biblical counselor and a professor at Southern Seminary. He really kind of, he walked through the sin and pornography and like kind of the foundational understanding. Like what are we actually dealing with as a problem here? What's going on in your heart when you're dealing with sin? Mm-hmm. What's sin doing to you? Let's just, let's really define our terms, define what we're dealing with, because that's really <clears> important before you start to move on to like fixing the problem. Because mm-hmm. I think one of the things that the devil loves to do is as long as you keep the problem pretty murky, don't quite define what you're dealing yeah. with. Don't, don't really know what you're fighting. It just kind of sin, bad, I'll try more. That's where he loves to work. And as soon mm-hmm. as you know, this is wrong, here's what it is, and here is why, that's when you can start the process of like with the with the power of grace actually shutting down some of the sin in your life.
2: Mm. Yeah. And then chapter two <clears> is on um we've we broken these into what we call chapters, but essentially they're just key teaching moments. We'd call them almost like 10 minute TED Talks of of counseling with different speakers for uh so chapter one, two, three, four, five, and six, walking through the film. But then that's all connected with Uh, just an overarching story. Uh, But why we call it a teaching documentary is predominantly this is teaching, but we're using a story to serve that and to package that Mm -hmm. together. So we're going to have it in an hour and a half, something like that length uh, film that can be watched, you know, start to finish. But then also that teaching repackaged into six episodes uh, for like a discipleship group or in a counseling room or just mm. someone walking alongside someone else to be able to slow down the process and just do bit by bit right okay um, what is that
3: what is that targeted to those those um um the small sp- studies is it is it like a yeah like a fellowship group or is it, is it like a like something is it like a group like um life renewal or is it like you need to be a bunch of guys, mm. or could it be anybody, like, really, right? just like for a council, a council of a church. Yeah,
2: or? so it's like the main hope is get this into churches. So when a, a girl or guy comes to uh, someone in the church, right away, uh, the first thought isn't, "Oh no, I have no idea how to handle this." Mm. First okay. thought is, "We have a resource. You know, I think I can walk alongside this person, and we'll use this to begin conversations and to initiate the right topics." So. This is for the layperson, this is for an elder, this is for a pastor, for the counselor it's uh, gotcha. but especially in churches and in families okay. yeah. cool. just because so, I know people
0: don't always listen to the entire podcast. <laughs> where will this be available? and if people want to support it,
1: how do they do that? your G. <laughs> um, so right now so right now we're in the middle of building it phase. Okay. We have a lot of the content filmed already right and we're in the middle of the fundraising phase. Okay. so something we didn't talk about is we want everything we make to be f- at the end, to be 100% free forever. Yeah. And so in order to do that, we're crowdfunding it right now. So our budget is, <laughs> these things are expensive. Our budget is about $65,000. We're using the platform Give, Send, Go. Uh, it's a Christian fundraising platform. And so, yeah, we're right in the middle of just the reality of trying to raise the money to, um,
2: to build, to build this thing. No, well, that's no, nice. No. That's very kind of you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't think it does. <laughs> on one hand, it's like, oh, a lot of money. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, you're creating a whole like hour and a half thing. It's eh, not it's that like, much money. Yeah. That oh, much
3: labor. How long <laughs> of your life are you taking to do this? Speakers.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, about a year, it'll be like bow tied. Um, yeah. But like not a whole year full time. No. Summer of full time, part time for the rest of those.
1: Yeah. So we've been we've been working on it for the last six months or so.
0: But is there a website or something? Yeah. Yes, to to for that?
1: sure. Okay. Uh, intothelightdocumentary.com. We'll link it beauty great that's from there you'll be able to go to the yeah. give send go link from there you'll be able to see the trailer that we built from yep. there you'll find the social medias like it, again it's into the light
2: documentary pretty much everywhere perfect.
0: there's your mid-roll ad right and, <laughs> i
2: appreciate you <laughs> and the fastest way if you want to give straight is give send slash into the light perfect super simple okay
0: so we we're at chapter two let's keep
2: going anyways uh break over chapter yeah. two is on there okay, great. Well, look at that. We're doing something, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, chapter two is on. Actually, quickly before that, uh,
1: <laughs> life renewal is way better than what we can make. hundred percent. Life renewal yeah. is so yeah. thorough. They're so they they really walk through the process and then do it over a year. That's way better than this. So
0: into the light is the gateway drug <laughs> for life
1: renewal. Part of the pardon. hopefully that'd <laughs> yeah. be cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. If you find this and you find like it's really probing you and you're you're uncovering sin, bring it into the light really building your relationship with God and you want to go to something like life renewal, which will take you way deeper. Yeah, please. That's I don't know. Plug for life renewal. They do a phenomenal job. I do. Yeah. Right, yeah. Chapter two. Chapter two.
2: <laughs> chapter, <laughs> chapter two. Uh, so it's Christ's love for sinners and God's design for sexuality. And just kind of pairing those two things coming off of a serious chapter of sin, its consequences, all those things. And then, moving away from, you know, the darkness of the heart towards the goodness of God's design for sexuality and also his love for sinners, even in their sin. Just like I, yeah, I always think of this chapter as being summed up in like Ephesians, I always forget the chapter, but like, uh, and yet while we were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Mm -hmm. like the moving towards us, even as sinners, Mm. um, so this is this is really if you've read Gentle and Lowly uh, very much like the heart of Christ for sinners beginning there and as Christians rooting our identity not in the sin and its consequences rooting our identity in Christ and the hope and the forgiveness that is there and letting that be the launchpad for the uh, I guess the practical tangible steps that come out of that. Okay. Mm. chapter three
1: chapter three chapter three uh was done by heath lambert who wrote finally free chapter three is really like counseling fundamentals like let's talk about some just basic foundational truths of again what's happening in your heart when you like desire something so temptation like walking through what what is temptation what is it doing to you how is it different from actual sin how can you what are practical strategies that you can think through to stop yourself walking down that road. He is an analogy where he he talks about a dandelion with the the fruit, the root, and the shoot. With the fruit being the actual sin, the root being the way you're thinking about it, but then the the sh- the sorry, the shoot being the way you think about it, and the the root is like the underlying desires that you have. So really going deeper into your heart and how you can really understand yourself so you can better fight sin.
2: Yeah, and also getting into um. How do you respond uh, just in like a very practical sense, both to temptation before, uh, let's say acting out or choosing uh, to sin um, and then act, how do you, how do you react before? And then also how do you react afterwards? Um, And just, I love that because it's so tangible. Mm. It's showing like, how do you practically begin tackling something that seems so huge and something so, uh, I guess, pervasive because of the habits built. Yeah. Um, and then also learning how to bring other people into that with community and accountability, um, which like takes switches over to chapter four. Chapter three and chapter four are kind of like uh they're very interwoven together. So chapter four was taken by Deepak Reju, who wrote uh, Rescue Plan and Rescue Skills. Um, and he just gets into the radical practical measures of how do you cut off access? Um, and just yeah, viewing it like um, if if you walk into a hospital with an open wound you're not going to be getting like getting asked like, Oh, so like, what are your symptoms? What are the, like, what are some things you need? Are you feeling okay? It's like the first thing they do is they take you in and they stitch up the like gaping, bleeding wound so that they can have the healing take place. And uh, he uses that analogy to just say like, when you're dealing with pornography, it's not legalism to say we have to start by cutting off access and just as a practical step to take cutting off total access so that you, if someone helped, he used the analogy, like if someone put a gun to my head right now, I could not find pornography on my phone, period. Mm-hmm. As simple as that, that is the point. He says, I have to get the people who come to me for counseling too, in order to have the space for them mm-hmm. to heal and to grow in their love for the Lord. Otherwise, it's just, you are setting yourself up to fail because mm-hmm. you will go back to it in a moment of weakness or when there's a trigger or something like that. So mm-hmm. very, very practical <clears throat> with that chapter. Yeah, can you get past that
0: without living like an absolute luddite for like ever, <laughs> or yeah. is there like more steps? Well, out I was gonna that. say that
3: sounds healthy either way. Yeah. <laughs> Not having the internet all the time would probably be good for something. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Well, I, I mean, I maybe i the on man out. I actually like the internet a lot. It's yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> um, oh no. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> what is it? So it's interesting, right? So one of the other things we're doing with this whole thing, right? We talked about we've got the the documentary six-episode series, we're also launching a podcast with it. And the podcast is we've we've recorded an hour-long, hour and a half sometimes, with each of the people we recorded with. And so the podcast is a place where we can, like, kind of ask them the questions that we feel haven't gotten answered. Deep dive. Exactly, yep, deep dive. exactly. Cool. So well, that's exactly one of the questions that we asked. Who did we end up asking it to? Was it was
2: it Heath? Uh, yep. I was, yeah, sure. yeah he
1: it's when it. can you start introducing... Some like livable Risk. things back, yeah. yeah. Like when you, when are like you know you've watched pornography, you're you're hooked.
0: Yeah, let's say like social media would yeah. be a trigger for a lot of people. For yeah. sure. Right. So
1: at what point in your healing, what healing, what point like when you've put sin away, yeah. can you go? I can have Instagram back. Yeah. And he gave a really thoughtful like response to that. A large part of it being you're not necessarily the best person to make that choice. Huh. So having good community yeah. in your life for to say, hey, hey brother, you know it's been two months since you last fell into pornography you're you're displaying solid devotional habits you're really walking with the lord i can see that in your life if you enjoy instagram i think it's reasonable you can have it back let's see how that goes keep let's keep me very accountable for the next two weeks yeah. if you and you need to have the strength and responsibility to go no no too much of a trigger i'm out right maybe you have it for a week and you go this is not healthy you can kill it. Or maybe you go, actually, this is fine. I I still have no temptation or whatever that looks like. Right. Yep. So other people in your life can give you an opportunity to have a better perspective on
2: that. Hmm. And like, just speaking for myself, there's a lot of things that I cut out and there's a couple things I've reintroduced back hmm. and I, I never had to go so radical as like, um, Like getting rid of a getting to a flip phone, and actually that may have been a good thing to do. I really respect people who do that. But um, so for myself, I've actually kept most of the stuff that I put in place, and just because I know I would so much rather live with that inconvenience than deal with the temptation or the Mm -hmm. potential relapse. Just even (laughs) social media, it's like okay, that's a bummer. It's more inconvenient uh, in other ways, but just as a long term habit. I don't anticipate having social media for, on my phone very much. Just-
0: yeah, I mean, if you have to mm. email people, is it the end of the world?
2: Yeah, yeah well, th- that's a good example. Like I didn't have email on my phone for a year. It was, like such a pain.
0: Like- Oh, because of the you yeah. found an email, on social media.
2: Uh, just for me, that was like, that was a potential way uh, okay. that I like completely locked down. It was a very dumb phone uh, by the time, like when you delete all the stuff. So yeah. that was one thing I did reintroduce back and has been fine. Okay. Um, but that's like one of the things that is like, no, this is not worth the potential temptation here. Mm. Like nothing is really that's, that's the point. Fair I mean, enough, yeah. it's, it's a hard, I mean, it's hard until you, I mean, that's exactly what Jesus meant by cutting off arm and a leg or arm and an eye. Like, it's just, that's the point is to cut off access to sin. It is not worth it. So, mm-hmm. the, and I appreciate what Deepak said in his chapter two. Many people go, you know, 50, 70, 80% of the way. But there's that last 20 or 30% is just, you don't want to cut that out. Mm. That's the place you keep going back to and falling because there's something that you value slightly more, whether it's your convenience or social media or whatever it is, more than getting rid of the sin. And that will continue to kill you. So, yeah, mm. just putting that out there to mm. people listening, cut off total access. You have to be in there. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, it's was 100%. just a practical follow-up yeah. question I had.
2: So 100%. What was that,
1: chapter three, four? So <laughs> somewhere in four. the books. Yeah. So, Keep yeah, chapter five was taken by uh, Ellen Dykast. And w- chapter five, between five and six are my favorite chapters. Five is all about how do you run an endurance race? because most people getting out of pornography are going to be in the place of you're not like chaos falling into sin like you were before. You've got a handle. You've got some good measures in place. Maybe you have solid accountability, but you're setting yourself up for a slog for some months of slowly battling sin step by step, measure by net measure, two steps forward, three steps back, five steps forward, two steps. Like it's just, it's going to be work. It's going to be hard pornography is extremely addicting and it's, and sin, you know, the devil doesn't like to give up his ground easily. So what does it look like to preach the gospel to yourself during the months of, of sometimes very difficult time it takes to get out of, of patterns of sin. And so she just gave a really hopeful kind of summary of the last four chapters and a really hopeful, like encouragement to people who are struggling to keep at it and some, some kind of good, tactics and, and tips for kind of maintaining hope through the process of of battling your way out of pornography
2: i, I think a lot of people are there actually in yeah. chapter five where like i guess yeah that's probably my favorite chapter two because it's meeting people who are starting to feel jaded who who are struggling to believe that god can change them mm. and that it's even possible to not be caught in pornography for the rest of their life um and it, yeah, it picks up there and is just very pastoral. It's honest about the fact that it is so rare for someone to just say, "Okay, I'm going to take pornography seriously, cut it off, and forever after they were like perfect and they never looked at it again." Mm-hmm. So that is not anybody's story that I know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know anybody's story who had that happen. And it would be really nice if if God worked that way, but it just frankly doesn't. And he can. You can. That that's true. It's like that is not beyond uh, the Lord's power. It's just typically. Typically, that is mm-hmm. not how it works, and yeah. we have to be honest with that, um, and not expect people to change instantly, and yet pick up with the fact that your inadequacies, inadequacies, your failures, does not, um, does not mean that God does not meet you there, and that that God is not. Able or willing to change you. Mm -hmm. So uh, often I see that be the first thing is being jaded towards God.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good observation. I bet bet a lot of people are there in that process. Mm -hmm. Any particular tips that stood out for you of those ones that you mentioned the she provided? Mm.
1: Your identity is not your track record. You are not the, the your success last week, your success yesterday, the pattern of sin, even if you do really well. That's still not your identity. Your identity has to be as a Christian, as a loved, cherished child of God, because that's where you find your, your root in fighting in the first place. And it sometimes becomes easy to let go of that, because once you start doing well for a few weeks, you go, yeah, look at me. I'm doing yeah. it. I got this. it well, works, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and then and then you fall and then the devil goes Wham. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Sorry. Sorry for the mic's stuff, that one. But you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, yeah. so the point is, is you have to like God loves you and He'll keep loving you, regardless of your opinion of yourself, which is going to go up and down, up and down through this fight. But just really remembering and meditating on on who you are as a Christian is such a powerful way to to fight the shame and the pride that can come with this kind of thing.
2: And part of chapter five is actually rehearsing the some of those key things that Already watched in chapters one through four, of like understanding. Okay, what are the consequences of sin? Where is my identity? Like Christ moves towards me. I have to remind myself that it's not about me being perfect and then being okay to go to God and and that be identifying my relationship. Have I been getting lax with um, cutting off access? Have I left myself open to temptation? Mm. Um, Am I being honest with my accountability? It's 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 just going back Mm. over all those things. We've already kind of covered in those pre-chapters, but re-preaching them back to yourself. And yeah, just, yeah. it's a really, I think she did a great job of making it hopeful and not, not depressing and meeting people honestly where they're at, mm-hmm. um, which is why I'm just so pumped about that chapter.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm like, the more I like, hear this, the more I'm excited for the video part of this, like mm. or, or it being not a book because <laughs> <laughs> well, also I mean, I'm not a reader, but like even, like you're not gonna go read a book five times. Mm-hmm. Like you might if you're really committed, but like this is, seems like something that you can like. You guys mentioned like just yeah. listening to an audio book. Yeah. But if like if you can continually remind yourself of the hope, like go and like just watch that chapter and just be like, okay, like yeah, I'm good again. Yeah, I'm good again. Like as long as like like because that's a big step, like to yeah, like what you said, like you got to remind yourself that you're you know of who you are and get mm-hmm. you know yeah it's like getting past it every day not just you know okay i'm good good to go
2: yeah one one thing we do in like the kind of group accountability group i'm part of is after every week uh we just say in unison like whether we had a good week or a bad week i'm forgiven i'm saved by christ and it's just a simple way that as an accountability group uh reminding ourselves like our identity is not in our, in our track record. That's just mm-hmm. huge. Our identity is like we are forgiven, we're saved by Christ and children of God. That is Roman we live the Romans 8 life. That's mm-hmm. what we strive to. So it's just it's such a it's such a great thing to mm-hmm. to have undergirding everything.
3: All right, here's with 6. Right. And then I got to a question. Okay. Yeah. So uh
2: chapter 6 this is kind of this is one actually that we we had written a few different things and then he ended up uh, Garrett Kell. Garrett Kell. Uh, sorry. T- took it in like a slightly different direction, but just also talking about community in the church. What does it mean to be uh, a Christian, uh, struggling with sin and sins more than just pornography, like just being a sinner in a community and how do you do that well? And also how ultimately our hope is in a, a new creation, how our I guess just the hope that we have is so much more than mm-hmm. just now. It is so good um i don't know if you have thoughts on chapter six too it's
1: it was just so pastoral and hopeful which i just love it it was really resounding especially because he, he spent a bit of time talking about heaven and like the you know and that's that's a really something it can be hard but that's a really beautiful thing to contemplate like one day all of this sin that darkness like what you did last night all of that's going to be gone if you're a mm-hmm. christian how cool is that yeah how yeah. cool is that and It's going to be a while before that happens. Most of us are going to live here for a fair bit longer, but eventually God's going to do away with this sin nature that we have. Mm. And that's going to be incredible. And then there's going to be a long, long, long time of being porn free after that for good.
2: Mm. And you can never go back. Oh, that like, even just speaking as someone who's still like, I just think of myself as a, an addict in remission, like I think, and try to treat myself in that Mm. way. Um, Wow. That is like such a freeing thought to be like, I never have to worry about being tempted, leaving myself in a bad position and setting myself up to fail in a way like that. And the fact that I don't, I won't have to shed another tear, like an angry tear, a frustrated tear, a tear of despair. Like, and for the people listening, like, I'm sure there are so many people listening to this Mm -hmm. right now who have wept over their sin and are, and also have are angry at themselves hate themselves for this and it's just that is what we want to lift up is there is hope beyond this where there are no tears anymore and where you will no longer have to be caught and stuck in in pornography and Hmm. forever
3: yeah that's amazing yeah it's amazing to see like because we like to dwell on like what we're doing wrong and then like Hmm. what we could be doing right and then like what's pushing us to you know pushing us to the grace but it's good to look at from the other way like what is what's pulling us from the other side like yeah that's the glory that you know we're going to experience so um anyways i'll see if i can formulate this weekly uh form thought into a question so (laughs) i i feel like pornography is a bit different than other um addictions in that like say like alcohol or or drugs or something like that is um it's not like an an a necessary part of life but like the problem with pornography is that you also it ties to our sexuality mm. and then also into like marriage so yeah a lot of times like like with with your story john michael like you start young and then when you get married like that track record doesn't just like follow you but it follows like your family and that's like uh so how like yeah does i mean not just like be like well your film didn't cover this but like is that something that you guys address that like how do you recover to a point where you are now like can go back to like a healthy, like biblical, um, form of, or expression of sexuality? Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it's like, if you recover from alcohol, you just recover from alcohol. You just like, you do the Mm -hmm. detox, you get off it. I mean, it's obviously nearly impossible, right? But once you're there, you don't put yourself in a situation where you can go back. You don't, um, but you don't need to then, you know, share a drink with somebody down the road. Right. Yeah. So how do you, yeah. Is how do you deal with that?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> so when we were beginning this uh, whole process, we had to talk about what are we going to cover? and What are we not going to cover?
3: That was on the list of not covered.
1: <laughs> it dude is so painful. There's so many incredible topics we would
2: love to cover. But the caveat is, yeah. So to be clear, that's not a major thing that we're talking about in the film. And we hope that yeah there's a lot of healing just through the general principles um but also that does come up in the podcast um at different points like there's Mm -hmm. we got honest questions we did an anonymous survey uh just for people on instagram and stuff Mm -hmm. so then we use those to kind of amalgamate together and ask questions to the speakers and um so some of those questions are tackled in the podcast but if I could just like plug people into a really good book that directly talks about that yep. uh, Curtis Salmon's redeem your marriage uh, hope for husbands who have been hurt through or who hurt through pornography. And then his wife did a like a mirror book except for wives who have been hurt by pornography. So just for people watching yeah. this we'll really, too. yeah, really good we'll book. The whole stack. <laughs> if you're a gem, Th- that's part of this too. Like we're doing a video resource because people aren't, aren't readers. But we're really hoping we can plug people into books, dude. Do you guys like, have
3: like an Amazon like discount code? Like-
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's Go through to, this
0: like to yeah. to twenty for <laughs>
3: we're
2: twenty. 20,
1: 20. Here, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, the documentary is going to be hour and twenty minutes, right? In audio time, audio translated to page time, that's like maybe seventy pages, okay. right? So like I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I can I've got that conversion pretty good. 70 pages is not a lot of pages, right? Even like a book mm. like, like finally free here. It's it's a very small book. And it's, you know, it's 160 pages, so twice the length of what we could cover in the documentary. Yeah. People need to read these books. They're so good and they're so transforming and they're full of so much practical gospel truth that we just can't quite cover in the documentary. So we're really hoping that, like, like Jamichael said, this starts the conversation. But we hope people pick pick up, you know, Pure in Heart, uh, Randy Alcorn's book, Sexual Sanity for Women, Ellen's book. Like, give them a read; they're really, really good. Honestly, these are just the tip of the
2: iceberg, too. Like, that's part of it. We're, um, we are not speaking in this. We are bringing in the people who've mm-hmm. got, um, yeah, they spend their lives counseling and writing, and, um, and we're thrilled to have them. We're trying to like read as much as we possibly can too. So in the backdrop as, you know, putting things together, editing. Um, yeah, we can be honoring their teaching by making that decision of what do you keep in, what do you what do you not? Because you can't keep everything.
1: And and asking thoughtful questions in the podcast. So if we've we've read 10, 15, 20 books on the subject beforehand, we can as clearly as we can, again, respecting their their time, their expertise, we can ask them. ask them really thoughtful questions so that they're giving the best answers they possibly can.
2: And plug that's the other thing. There's, there's lots of books out there um, like being kind of a, not all of them are good. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do some of that sifting yeah. because one bad book can do a lot of damage. Yeah, And we've mm-hmm. seen that with people where they said, I read this thing you know, like that. And it was actually that incited me to lust or those Practical steps were extremely legalistic and did not teach me how to think well with this. Hmm. So we're pumped to give the speakers a platform and then plug them into what we think are really good books on the topic that are really helpful. Hmm. So we've espoused their, uh, <laughs> their books went we, we got our commission. Yeah, <laughs> We
1: really love books in case you guys can't, yeah, you know, yeah. can't see.
2: That's good. We There's... love people
3: who love books. So we can <laughs> talk to them about the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so much.
0: Okay, We'll link all the audio audible books.
1: Oh, yeah. Bless yeah. your heart. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I mean, I did want to talk about the nitty gritty a bit, but it's probably not as important just because it's kind of interesting to see, yeah. you know, how the cookie crumbles and how you guys sure. make that. But uh, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, like women, this being mm. an issue for women too. Is that uh, any particular focus throughout the documentary at all? Or just kind of like you're raising awareness in the fact mm. that like it's mentioned throughout, like this is like a, A problem for both sexes.
1: Yeah. Particular, no. Um, in so much as we just want to make it very clear, men, women both struggle with pornography. There are differences. And you can, you know, spend a lot of time with some sociologists and psychologists arguing about the differences. Mm -hmm. They're there, but it doesn't really matter. So say 40% of women struggle with pornography and 60% of men or whatever the, the breakdown is, you still have a massive portion of women who struggle with pornography. And also porn isn't the only version of sexual sin, like erotica, fantasy, like there can be fiction that's every bit as bad. And so the differences don't matter per se. What does matter is like there are a ton of women in our churches who are really struggling and hurting. And there's a ton of men too, but the women have the extra struggle of being very unsure who they can talk to and who they can open up and the accountability. And when we don't have those conversations, then a lot of women think that they're that much worse off than the average. Like, okay, if no girls are talking about this, I must be a freak. Like yeah. I must be so sinful. I can't even like, I can't even, I don't even have a category for how bad I might be. Yeah. And the reality is, is like, no, you just don't realize that, you know, two aisles down, there's another girl who's struggling with a lot of the same things, yeah. but you guys just don't know. And, yeah. and I'm saying this cause like, I've had girls like talk to me about this and be like, I'm so scared to tell anyone.
2: Yeah. And, so, yeah, just, that it, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, it's bad enough as a guy, right? right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's actually uh, I'm trying to remember which book it's from. Helen uh, Thorne. Uh, what's the name of her book again? She, in her book, she mentions that, like the shame levels. I forget how they did the study, but like the shame levels for women, were like twice or three times as much mm-hmm. as guys bring it out. So like, yeah, I, I know what it's like to be terrified of telling people about that. I can't even imagine having that cripplingly like multiplied. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, this is like just a slight tangent. One of the podcasts we did was kind of just had a bit of a focus on where pornography and mental health meet. Um, just something that we were interested in because of situations like mm-hmm. this where if you've been struggling for a really long time, uh, and you keep trying to get out, and you know it's wrong. There's this self-hate loop that builds with pornography, or if you think you are weird. Um, like I am the only person. I cannot believe how bad I am. There's the that loop that can begin. So yeah, there's there's a connection there, and uh, that was with I think Jeremy Pierre. Yeah. It was a really good uh, podcast with him too on that topic. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually the podcast is we hope a, a hidden gem of this total project, mm-hmm. just to be another practical resource for people to go back to, listen, hopefully re-listen and just mm. take things from
0: Is that gonna be an ongoing thing or that's just like a standalone like six part
1: podcast, wherever it would be?
2: Um To be determined. To be, <laughs> to be determined. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean if you know if it pops hot take we're all busy (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like we're busy everyone's busy but if we and it's a funding thing too right if we get just that little bit more funding that might allow us to open up some more hours to pursue more people to do podcasts with so
2: that's actually true for a lot of things like we'd like to do uh, a question like discussion questions and maybe like a workbook or something and have speakers help us write that and create that again that kind of comes down to how much money can we raise? And if we can, I think that's another really practical thing to make Mm. this even more helpful, even more practical for people.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh, one, like this might be a reworking of Tyler's question, but I wonder if you guys tackled this a bit, whereas like basically with your two stories, both very common, actually yours less common, definitely Jake, Mm. but John Michael's very common. Most guys have seen pornography. Mm. Like I've seen it. It's definitely a thing. Most guys have. Yeah, And even if the guys who haven't, everyone's still masturbated. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know a single guy who hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah all. Same. And Just, we've talked about or, it a lot. To a and lot women of too. Yeah. Exactly. It is. No, and women mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Probably not to the extent, <clears throat> but certainly a substantial portion. All right, so do you guys um, looking to get, or have you figured out a way to get to like the heart of the issue, which is probably the way we view sexuality? <laughs> like what are we, like, I don't know if this has historically always been the case or like, do we just get married later in life? And yeah. people's getting to wait longer. It's it's we, just a brutal thing. Like once you get into it, which everyone's like, do right, you hit puberty? You start yeah. young, blah, blah, blah.
1: So I'm, I'm reading a book, uh, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by Carl Truman. That's a great book. Great book. Yeah, a great right. Book. So the, he gets at like, maybe 10% of that question and takes a whole book to do it. And he traces, you know, Marx and, and Freud and Darwin, just the whole history of thought and how we are more from a cultural point of view with, with understanding sexuality and and politics. There's part of it, but like, gosh, I'm not smart enough to answer that question, dude.
0: No, I know. It's just, I'm wondering if you guys have found any kernels of, of information Mm. on that. Cause that's, Again, like for people and maybe if there's older people listening too mm-hmm. if they could like if they have the money and they wanted to yeah. find you guys to go look into this question, <laughs> sure. it would be an interesting what? one to discover. You're, so about, maybe here's tackle. one,
1: here's one side of this. Um, one of the things that I read for this project that no one should read is I read a biography of a porn star who's an active porn star. Oh, well. She and yeah, a dude is horrifying. It was like literally Yeah, man. It was nasty. It was just a, it was a depressing read. And one of the things I just really want to understand the industry and again, no one should read this book. Like I'm dead serious about this, but it was helpful for me to get into the headspace of what's it like on the other side of the camera and like, what's it like working in the industry and what's it like to be a part of producing the content that is damaging so many people's lives in our community and in the world. one of the things that it goes into is the porn industry is an industry that is colossal it's there's so much money in it it's it's almost incomprehensible and whenever you have that much money you're going to have thousands and thousands of thousands of absolute geniuses who are doing nothing more than trying to tailor this content so it is the most addictive the most pervasive content you can possibly imagine because there's so much money involved mm-hmm. so the industry behind this and I'd say the spiritual forces behind it as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. are all bent on hooking as many people as possible for as long as possible. Mm. And so when you realize kind of the the scale of the problem of pornography, then you start to kind of go, okay, I can kind of see why this is a big issue, right? Is There's a lot of money involved here. There's a lot of... Yeah, and and then I'm kind of getting out of my depth. I don't know the history of pornography as well as, as maybe other people do. But that's, I think, maybe one of it, part of the reason too. This is not just like, here's pornography and here's other things you can do. Some people do this, some people don't do this. It's like there's a whole industry trying to grab your attention mm. and they shouldn't be like a fear-mongering thing like they're coming for your kids no, but, but they kind be. of are you know <laughs> oh, what i mean 100 well so yeah.
3: but that's kind of like kind of getting back to what luke was asking like it's kind of your it's almost like we've been down this road right like mm. in in our parents and our grandparents like they just didn't have the same access yeah they're for sure same, <laughs> but that industry wasn't as developed either although i'm sure there was like the hugh hefner's of the world were trying mm. to think and get into this yeah but, like Kinsey. Yeah sure i don't know Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah but so, yeah but like now it's so pervasive it's such a, a large industry that and in, but also like the access to it is like yeah it's unbelievable so now like they have so many more tools but then we've also our culture shifted to um like yeah more accepting and more like yeah. they're pushing this narrative right so yeah we've moved from where this was like a taboo thing that was hard to get into to being like there's almost no way you can't get in yeah it. yeah and there's people actively trying to get your kids into it and yeah. you into it. Yeah. So like, how do you, yeah. Moving forward, how do we tackle this? Like, it's good to get,
0: how um, do we get out of a uh, survival mindset? Is mm. I think. How yeah. We well, that's it.
3: the thing. Right? Like we can cut ourselves off, but how do we get to a point where like, I'm thinking about thrive. my kids. Like I got, mm. I got my oldest is three. So like, he knows how to work YouTube already on our TV. Yeah. But that's not like, you know, that's not a problem unless I have blues clues on. Yeah, but <laughs> just and it, it's, really, it's getting it worse and worse, cool. but okay. so, I, had like a, I don't know. Anyway. I think
1: I think Jamaica and I can probably give a few thoughts, but the I think the, the first thing is, is we're not experts on this. You know what I mean? Especially this aspect, especially this aspect. Um, Because a lot of smart people are trying to think about this very, very hard and writing about it and stuff like that. So you know, we're, we're a couple of guys. We've been reading nonstop on this for like eight months, but you know with only so much the biggest thing for like on the parent side of things is just like be aware right really think like because i think just really thinking about it for a while is actually a good first step because okay hold up what devices do i have in my house there's a good mm-hmm. start how are they getting their internet what's stopping them from getting born okay you kind of trace that you can trace the route like okay, the internet's hitting my house how okay through our um, normal internet connection and through mobile data okay there's two entr- entrance points there it's got a, there's a router involved. Okay, that's that's another point of connection. Mm. And there's devices for almost every step of the way, right? So Disney Circle is a device that, um, I hope I don't botch this. I believe it takes the place of your router or becomes the router modem situation. Yeah. And then it can filter and monitor pornography and explicit content th- at that point before it ever hits your phone. If you're thinking of data like a stream kind of coming through, it stops mm-hmm. it right there. And- This then is you, a
3: Disney product? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's called Disney Circle. It's pretty cool. So we we have one or had one at our house for a while.
0: Yeah, my parents had
3: one. Yeah,
1: and so you can do a lot of other stuff. You can shut. You can literally nuke the Wi-Fi at like nine o'clock at night if you want to, and just Whoa, no it one. Sucks can, if you like to play video games. Oh, bro, games. every kid it's hates it's Disney. I so never cool. even heard of that until
3: you told
0: me that. Yeah, yeah. my parents said uh, my brothers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then and then you can and then you can also you can double up and then you can have accountability software on your phone. And then there's different ways that the, that can look like. So you can have software that's primarily monitoring based. So if it sees stuff, it'll notify an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Or you can have stuff that's primarily blocking based, which it'll stop it from ever coming up or both. Um, and then you can have, if you have older kids, you can have accountability partner systems in place, which I think is getting to the most effective, which is groups of people who you're actively a- accountable with. You're building community, you're confessing your sin. And you can do all of these things. And so hopefully, even when you're tempted, you don't even have like kind of Garrett Kell says he he's one with that quote. If you put a gun to my head, I can't find porn on my phone. Mm. So no matter how tempted he is, if he's by himself and he's got his phone, he's kind of good, you know? And that's not the end of the conversation, but at least that could help him through a really rough period, right?
2: To the point of, um, I guess, parents thinking about it with their kids, how do we be proactive? I resonate with the challenge of going so far as to be like, okay, my kid can't have a phone like arguably that's the best way you could try as a parent to keep your kid for a while mm-hmm. except i just think that's not going to last the the reality is um kids show each other porn in at school uh there are weird uncles you can find it like i've had friends just be doing construction work and find it in the wall like Porn is out there, all over the place, in random places that you don't realize. Yeah. So the best strategy calendars, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, we literally yeah. have
0: suppliers. You go in there and they have like the nineteen ninety nine yeah. like calendars yeah. everywhere. Ninety nine, I think one was like sixty eight or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just like man, it's everywhere. But like, as that, a,
1: that's traumatic for a nine year old. Oh yeah, if you're a young right? kid. like at sure, this yeah. point, in our, at our age, it's like, <sighs> frick, you just kind of avert your eyes and keep walking.
0: You
3: just laugh at these people. Yeah, you know.
1: right. It's like <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, you but then, but for someone who's nine, first nine, 10, whatever, first job helping out their
2: dad somewhere or going on a trip, whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. But the the big thing is like, you want your kids to want to not mm-hmm. actively go after it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, again, like you were saying, Jake, not going to try to be like, oh, here is the solution or whatever. But I do think there is, uh, I guess, maybe an unhelpful, tendency to be like in protecting my kids, I'm just going to do my absolute best while they're under my roof to just keep them away from it. Like what I want for my kids is that they're competent and um, I guess love the Lord and understand the danger so much that they want to run away from it. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't begin at home, I'm just hoping and trust and like essentially just on hope that as soon as they move out from underneath my roof they'll suddenly have self-control. So again this could can look so many different ways but self-control and teaching your kids that means giving them a phone at some point because as soon as they move out they're going to get one. So it's it's yeah every house is going to mm. look different but I I do feel passionate <clears throat> about just completely cutting off internet from your kids is not a good solution because it's a deep dive off the other end as soon as they get yeah. out of the house. Rum's it's a, it's a, yeah.
3: it, it seems like it's a losing battle, especially for parents. Mm. Like, Yeah, like to that point, like when I grew up without a TV for, I mean, no, we had a TV. We watched like, we had just the antenna, you know, rope yeah, yeah. you roped around the house so you could watch Rock hockey night, on Saturday yeah. night. But there was no like, we didn't really watch TV. Like, didn't know any of the shows mm. growing up or anything like that. Right. When I hit university, I had a laptop and I watched like, I just watched TV all the time
2: right yeah because
3: i just never had tv i'm like oh dude you can just watch tv like you can just (laughs) watch tv right so i mean like whatever i still got out and did stuff but yeah i was like you know
2: It's, it's kind of like asking the question what's the ideal is the ideal my my child's to be ignorant and and innocent or is my is the ideal for my child to be uh i guess intentional and capable is it just like I, I want my my kid to be capable of saying no to porn rather than always so protected from porn that they uh, just can't even access it.
0: Know what the risk is, but also hopefully they don't to learn the hard way.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like that
0: with anything else. Yeah. Like but it's easier said than done. Though. Exactly. Oh, We're yeah. throwing out ideals here. here guys, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> also
1: like it's
3: it's getting more pervasive and more demented mm-hmm. in, in the world, too. Like it's and it's everywhere. Like I was just watching, like to daily wire, just put out things on what like what is a woman
0: that's Mm. just a which is a great documentary which is a
3: great documentary too Um, is that matt walsh Walsh, yeah yeah, i watched it last night it's Um, just gold but yeah there's things like whatever i just saw there was like a kids drag show or something crazy yeah in the states like what like this like you can't even fathom what's coming down the pipe for Mm. my my young kid right so yeah but but
1: i think what's what at least for us is cool is i there's specifics and there's a lot of value in really thinking through these issues, but the answers don't change that much. The answers were just as relevant 2000 years ago as they are now. And that is like you're the the person and work of Jesus and the relationship that you have with him and growing in holiness. Mm. And you can only do that if you have the Holy Spirit in you actually changing you, working the fruits of the Spirit in you. Mm. That starts in a simple way when you're young, but like that's still the answer. And I'm, that's not to say, don't be very rigorous and thoughtful as you're like kind of examining the cultural issues, like read a bunch of books on this, this stuff. It, it, it will be helpful, but train up a child in the way he should go. Mm-hmm. Right. And man, that's so easier said than done. That's such a man. Like, especially as like a young single guy, that's super great thing for me to tell him to a mic, to a bunch of parents listening. <laughs> well, I, I don't get like, that.
3: You're telling like to, to John Michael's parents, he's yeah. like, he's bragging about them. And then like, <laughs> what yeah. are you like, supposed to do? it's,
1: it's true. Right. Like, and yeah, it's, and I can understand that it would seem daunting and scary.
0: That's what I was trying to get at earlier. Yeah. Like, I wonder, I, you guys probably don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I don't know but the like, answer. Did people, like, let's say 100 years ago, like, okay, let's say today, mm. the rates of masturbation among teenage boys, ninety nine point nine 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 percent Yeah, basically 100. Yeah. Was that the case 100 years ago? Or did... Where they just like they didn't even know they were so ignorant and they got married, they're like, Oh, what are we doing here? Okay. Ask Martin Luther. This is yeah, how we make know? kids. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm
0: just I'm just I would love to like get an older person on. Yeah. Like, maybe not like a
1: hundred, but like
2: <laughs> what was
0: it like you're like, like, in person. the sixties or something? I don't know.
1: Like, uh the sixties were mad.
0: Yeah, I know. But like there was more Woodstock, before the man. internet, like now we all exist in the same western sure. culture. Yeah. But there were certainly times pre internet where it was a very much like this was a rural isolated area. This mm-hmm. is how they've done things for the last 1900 years. Mm-hmm. I like think did, that didn't change much.
1: I think the I Amish guy, yeah. I don't want Amish. I'm just <laughs>
0: curious. Like what has been like, I'm sure it's always been hypocritical and sure.
1: And whatever. I, I don't know if I can answer that really. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just, I'm just postulating. I know. Yeah. It'd be it would,
2: nice, man. Like the only period of history that I feel like I've studied at all is like ancient history around like the Roman and Greek period. Um, their sexuality was they were deviant dogs extraordinarily messed up. Yeah. So it, yeah, I don't know up. any other period of history very well at all. All I know is the, of the one time studied kind of in depth on something is like, wow, they are just as messed up with their sexuality, just as perverted. Oh, well, Sodom and Gomorrah. Was was like, uh,
3: Let's
0: say the
2: Babylon B. A great you, headline <laughs>
3: on that. There, there. Yeah. Can you imagine the nightmare that that place was? Mm. Yeah like yeah. the story about lot and his yeah. daughters yeah yeah like that's yeah. just like horrifying you, you can't even imagine that happening now and you yeah. like i can't imagine a culture mm-hmm. that's more sexualized than ours but clearly yeah, they true. were pulling it off
2: yeah no it's, it's true
3: <laughs> and they didn't have the internet yeah as true. far as we know <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe egypt descends
2: into absolute chaos <laughs>
0: Anyways, so, okay. So anything else you guys want to mention? Yeah, while well, you're here. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm out of question. Well, you wanna, you, was, gonna, you well, we wouldn't go the nitty gritty. I don't know how much people mm. care about that. Maybe we should plug again where this thing's at. Well, yeah,
2: I'd love to talk about the crowdfunding yeah, side that's, of things. That would be yeah. good. Um,
0: <laughs> well, okay, so 65000 bucks, not
3: that much money. Because mm-hmm. you guys Explain are spending how that's your whole used. year on this. I can't believe you're only getting paid nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not quite nothing, uh, but it's getting close. close yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> so the biggest thing, yeah, is just paying hourly wages for this kind of thing. Because we're just... Yeah, two dudes working on this thing. We actually owned a lot of equipment and stuff from past things. We bought a few more things. The budget is actually very simple. We went on a couple of film trips and at $65,000, it'd be nice to raise more than that, but that will produce these three uh, different unique things, long film, episodes, and podcast. Um, And it will pay Jake and I for the summer. Um, So as of now, what is different about how we did this is we just footed the bill for all of this. And so far, we've just donated all our time, um, trusting that God will provide the funding. Um, so so no, you're in recovery mode. Right now. I, We're in recovery I, I mode. think it's I, a very scary thing. That's a good I, business spend,
1: model. I think we spent <laughs> 10 grand in two weeks on on like because we did in a two week period. We bought a lot of gear, booked a lot of the Airbnbs, set up a lot of like we did a lot of spending in one week. And that's well,
3: it shows how committed you are to it. Yeah, how important. You think it is, which is, you know. Yes, well correct. justified.
2: So yeah. yeah. And the the big thing to emphasize here is like we trust like God has opened doors in mm. unique ways. So we trust that he'll provide here again. I I have no problem asking people for money. That's it's not a it's not fun to talk about sexuality with people generally. It's not fun to ask for money. And yet like on this topic, I am excited to ask people to invest into this because you can offer practical hope for Mm. people caught in porn if you are caught in porn you can help support and create a project that maybe yeah we pray life transforming for you something that is deeply helpful for you to see christ and to help him transform your life Mm. and we need we need you to support this so frankly please go to give slash into light and support this because we need it
1: one i don't know if you guys want to end on this story or keep going we'll talk as long as you want I was just, I was, out for, uh, I was out for a meal with a buddy of mine last week. And he, you know, he was talking to me and he said, he just started telling me the story. He knows me pretty well, so he knows this project. And he said, so he is, he's like, I have a little sister, right? So he's his little sister. And his little sister is interested in a guy, right? His little sister is in high school. So my friend went on TikTok, looked up this guy and looked at the types of people that this guy was following. All of it was softcore pornography. So my friend then goes to his little sister and says like, Hey, sis, don't, don't go down this road. Don't, don't be interested in this guy. Her response was all the guys in my class watch pornography. Who really cares? She goes to one of our Christian schools in the area. That's the level of problem that this is. And I don't want to do the fear mongering thing. It's not cool. But man, there's so many hurting people in our communities who are just trapped in pornography. They, they, they really struggle to feel that God has any love for them. And God has put us in a really, really cool, really privileged place to be able to create a resource that we hope can get people out of pornography, but also just get people to know and love Jesus. And I'm so, we're so thrilled about that.
2: That is the That's why I share my story. That is for me when Jesus became real, Mm. when I could say I love the Lord in truth, because I stopped choosing to love pornography more than, than Jesus. So yeah, that's, I guess that's at the heart of it. like, we are hoping that through this people even become Christians and for the first time begin to enjoy him and love him and see him as beautiful. And that was true for me. I've seen that be true for other guys as they take on pornography. And we hope that in many women and men's lives that that is true through this. So.
3: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to you guys because you guys are awesome for hours and hours. (laughs) But Man, that's like about as good a place as you could ever ask to end. So, Thanks for having us on guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No No problem. Wonderful. And uh, yeah, go to give, send, go backslash into the light. Great. There you go. You got it. I got it. it. And with that, you get a 100% uh, free subscription to Real Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. And uh, I'm just so excited for you guys. blessed by the work and excited to see the documentary and the resources that come about it. Yeah. And hopefully you guys have funding coming out
0: your ears that you can continue (laughs) this work on. Coming out the (laughs) (laughs) yang-yang. All right. Cool. Um, This has been Real Talk. Hopefully it leads to real change. Catch you folks next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch the show. If you want to send us your feedback and we'd love to hear it, please email us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. If you want to find us online or social media, we've got a lot of great content there. Just search Reformed Real Talk and we should come right up. This show is created and produced by myself, Lucas Holtfleur and Tyler Vanderwood. And our wonderful podcast manager who does all the editing is Mariah Tamaga. So we're really thankful for her contribution to the show as well. That's all for now, folks. Thanks for watching or listening, and we'll catch you next time.